Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Amen and amen. Yes. Thank you, Abby, this morning. Thank you, worship team, for being here at this uh, odd time, but still a great time of worship. Thank you for uh, well, just the ripening our hearts for the Word of God. And Abby, I'm so proud of you and so proud of our band, so proud of everything that you do and accomplish week in and week out. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Exodus The book of Exodus, I want us to look at chapter 15 this morning. The book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 through 27, as we continue on in our sermon series entitled, The Need of Our Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, we are navigating unparalleled and unprecedented times. These are weird times in our life. This is a weird time for our nation and really around the world. And the purpose of this sermon uh, series is really to measure the seriousness seriousness of our situation. Ladies and gentlemen, in this unprecedented time, the world right now is is literally paralyzed. We find ourselves polarized and paralyzed by this great phenomenon known as the COVID-19 or coronavirus. Literally, it has the world to its knees. It's brought the world to its knees. But I believe it's there where God, while we're on our knees, I believe it's there where God is showing us our greatest need, and that is Him. Our greatest need, and God is revealing this, and I pray that this is what you're experiencing through even the pandemic, that God has brought us to our knees in order to show us our greatest need, and that's King Jesus. For some of you who are watching today, what that means for your life is that you would give your life over to King Jesus. This is why we are uh, dealing and, and, and with what we're dealing with. This is why we've been exposed. This is what God is showing us our greatest need. And your greatest need is to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you're watching today and you've never accepted the fact of the gospel, the fact that Jesus Christ died on an old rugged cross. He was buried on the third day. God raised him from the dead. If that's where you are today, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, amen. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray today would be the day that you would say yes to the gospel. As Paul said, it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who's willing to believe, even you today. Many of you watching today, you've given your life to Jesus. But what is God showing us? God is showing us our greatest need is to get serious about our salvation. We live in perilous times. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the time that the church needs to be the church. This is the church. uh, This is the time that the church has to be the church. The world is looking for answers. And you and I have the answers, Jesus. But we got to be serious about our salvation. For so many years, we've become comfortable. And we've rested on our laurels as a church. As the body of Christ as a whole. It's time that we get up off our seat and we hit the street for the sake of the gospel. For dying. Going to hell in mass numbers every day. While the church just sleeps slowly by. 
I want you to know today that God is bringing us to our knees, has brought us to our knees to show us our greatest need, and that is salvation and the seriousness of our salvation. Exodus chapter 15, beginning in verse 22, going down to verse 27. I want us to give thought this morning for just a few moments to a sermon that I've entitled, Defining Difficulties. Defining Difficulties. Now, while you're turning to Exodus chapter 15, I I want you to know and understand this morning that, that in our lives, we find ourselves as we navigate and travel life, we find those times in our life where we have an event, a positive event of some kind that, that literally changes the course, changes the direction of our life and moves us in a, in a forward movement in a positive fashion. We would call those defining moments. Have you ever had a defining moment in your life? Have you ever had one of those moments that just changed the, the course and, the, and altered the course of your life in, in the direction you were going? I can think about many defining moments in my own life. On May 1st, 1994, when I heard the gospel, and I've heard it many times, but this time I heard it like I never heard it before. May 1st, 1994, Liberty Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and there, in the midst of that altar, that invitation, where we were singing just as I am without one plea I came to the Lord just as I was without one plea I remember that's a defining moment changed the course of my life forever I defining moment when uh, February 25th 2002 when the Lord called me to preach and, and called me out of the business world and into the spiritual world and spiritual realm to be a preacher. I remind you, I wasn't voted most likely to be a man of the clergy. Many of you watching today know that, uh, well, that, that was the epicenter of my life. But nevertheless, here we are. And God, that was a defining moment. I can remember July 5th, 1997, when my beloved bride, after we had dated for a little over 10 years, almost a decade, she was slow to commit. Come on. She was slow to come in. I, I understand. But here's the deal. When my beloved bride, who was my girlfriend that said, I do, on the stage of that little old church we got married in, July 5th, 1997. I can remember May 6th, 2000, with my firstborn, my, my son, my pride and joy. When he was brought into this world. Both my kids, those are defining moments. My daughter was born on July 27, 2003. My little honey, baby. I'm telling you, these are defining moments in our life. Something positive comes in and changes the trajectory of our life forever. But just as we have defining moments, now listen to me. I don't know if you're listening, but I want you to listen to me. Just as we have defining moments in our life, we also have what I'm calling today defining difficulties. These are typically negative things that come into our life but have the same impact. They usually change the course and, and alter the direction of our life in a positive direction. Defining difficulties in our life. In order to really grab hold of what defining difficulties and how really they change and alter the course of our life and move us in a positive direction even though that difficulty that comes in is from a negative perspective. Defining difficulties. We experience this, but it changes our life forever. And I believe that right now in our nation and in the world, we're in a defining difficulty. 
negative aspect that has filtered into our life. But I want you to understand that if we're willing, if we'll allow Him, God will do something incredibly positive with what we're experiencing in this defining difficulty. Exodus chapter 15, beginning in verse 22, going down to verse 27. Let me take just a moment to set up this passage. You know I love the book of Exodus. Here we're talking about Moses. We're talking about Moses' leadership. You know we preached not too long ago about Moses' role as the pastor of the Israelites and how God was using him to, to go in and, and bring his and to lead his people out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And there he clothed Moses with his own power and with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God sent Moses in and got God's people out. And he was leading them back to the centerpiece of civilization. It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about one of the greatest miracles that's ever happened. One of the greatest phenomena that's ever happened in human history. When God parted the Red Sea. And there His people walked across the water on dry land. Where the wall of water on the left and a wall of water on the right. God removed the obstacle that had them hemmed in and kept their journey from moving forward. But here we we pick up where Moses, we're a few days past the Red Sea experience, and here we find God's people in a defining difficulty. I think it's important that we look at this defining difficulty because it helps us to understand how to get on the other side. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. I'm going to give you today, very quickly, three facts regarding defining difficulties. Three facts in life's difficulties, and really how it helps us to get on the other side. Friend, we're going to get to the other side of the coronavirus. Hey, I said we're going to get to the other side of the coronavirus, but let's let the Bible be our example of how we walk through these defining difficulties. Exodus chapter 15, beginning in verse 22. Hey, stand if you would in honor of the reading of the Word of God. I know you're at home. Get up and stand up in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Moses, Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, and there they found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, because the waters of Marah were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. In verse 24, so the people grumbled at Moses. Boy, can I stop right there and just show you this is proof that the early Israelites were really Southern Baptists. Oh, come on, that's, that, that's a good word now. I mean, the people, they, they grumbled at Moses. Have you ever noticed when something goes wrong? Look, look at me. When something goes wrong at the church, it's always the pastor's fault. And when something goes wrong in the nation, it's always the president's fault. And I want you to understand today that we're going to have some difficulties in our lives. Some of them are self-induced. Most of them are self-induced. But we're always looking for somebody to blame. Look at me today. We don't play the blame game when difficulties come into our lives. Understand, we're going to experience some, some from our own doing. Sometimes difficulties just come. We have to learn how to deal with it. And it's not necessarily anybody else's fault. Let's take responsibility and learn how to move forward rather than just sit and grumble and complain. 
and famous words of that great theologian Forrest Gump. That's just all I got to say about that. So the people, the Bible says in verse 24, so the people grumbled at Moses saying, what are we going to drink, Moses? Moses. Moses is a pastor. The people are in the midst of a dilemma. Look what he does. Moses prayed. He cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters. And the waters became sweet. Only God can do that. And there God made for them a statute and a regulation. And there he tested them and said, If you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and you'll do what is right in His sight, and you'll give ear to His commandments, and you'll keep all of His statutes, I will put none of the diseases which I put on the Egyptians. Come on, come on. I'll put none of the diseases on which I put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, Yahweh, am your healer. they came to Elam there were 12 springs of water and 70 date ponds boy he just took them on the other side of that made the Mara waters where they could drink it and then he took them over here to the springs of water 70 date ponds and they camped there right beside the waters Father we love you and we praise you come on and speak to us in these moments that we have teach us about these defining difficulties God, we're in one. Thank you for your word that reminds us that you're our healer. We know no one can solve this dilemma but you, so we look to you today, trusting you. God, I pray that you would supernaturally heal and supernaturally protect. I'm praying for a land of Goshen around your faithful people. God, The world is seeking answers to the question of the corona. May they understand that you are the answer. Speak to us. Change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Three facts this morning regarding life's difficulties. And really, in these facts... It really gives us the solution of how to move forward. The first fact regarding life's difficulties is the fact that difficulties arise. Difficulties arise. Look at verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur, and there they went three days, uh, three days in the wilderness, and there they found no water. And they came to Marah, but they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, Moses, what are we going to drink? Here we find a difficulty arose in the life of the Israelites. Can I tell you today, let me just start by saying that the year 2020 is a year that will go down and implement in the life and our lives and the life of the entire world. When they write the history books, I want you to understand this is going to be an incredible uh, incredible chapter in the history books of the future. But friends, I'm not interested in the future, and I'm not 
interested in history. I'm interested in the well-being and the spiritual well-being of you and all of God's people and those who are not yet God's people. I'm interested in what God is doing in the midst of this pandemic. And this ought to be a year of unprecedented growth in terms of spiritual vitality for the church. Are you listening to me today? This ought to be, this. what we are dealing with today ought to cause us and lead us to grow spiritually like we have never grown before. This ought to draw us so close to the Lord and I pray that this is your experience because this is what I believe that God is doing in our life. He's trying to invoke. He's trying to bring us to that Matthew 6.33 that we would seek Him first. That we would reprioritize our life and put Him at the first. He deserves primary place in our lives. He deserves primary place in our homes. He deserves primary place in our schools. He deserves primary place in our nation. He deserves primary place in the world. question is, what place does he have in your life? But I want to make no mistake about it today. I want you to listen to me because as we deal and as we move, and hopefully this has been your experience through the last few weeks. You've been in your Bible more than you've ever been. You've, you've rearranged those aspects of your life in terms of priorities and spiritual life. Some of you have joined the church. Some of you have been saved. Some of you have signed up for baptism. Some of you heard that we're going to do the river baptism on June 7th. And you already, hey, listen, I gave you a number. Text the number or call that number and get signed up for the river baptism. I mean, whatever. It's a, it's a matter of rearranging where we are. God has found us where we are now. He's ready to take us where He wants us to go. The question is, are you willing to go on the journey? But can I tell you all something about the journey with Jesus? I hope you're listening today. Because the journey with Jesus, sometimes we get a false picture from, from, from the TV preachers and, and that somehow when we take Jesus, like all of our problems are going to go away. Evidently, that's not the truth. Evidently, that's a false hope that comes from a false gospel. Friend, I want you to understand the real gospel is it. Is that when you sign up to go on a journey with Jesus, understand difficulties are going to arise in your life. Probably more than you got right now. Let's make no mistake about it today. I don't want to give you a false picture. I don't want you to think that if you swallow Jesus as some kind of magic pill, it's going to give you a protective coating from the coronavirus. Friend, I want to be honest with you today. You may get saved today and die from corona tomorrow. The difference is, is where you'd spend eternity. The difference is where you'd spend eternity. That's the whole point. Reprioritizing our life. And this journey with Jesus is not going to be easy. Here we find God's people. These are the Israelites. They just experienced the mighty hand and the outstretched arm of the Lord uh, uh, bringing them out of the bondage of slavery. They come through the Red Sea for crying out loud. They experienced the miracle, but yet, guided by God, they get over here in the wilderness of Shur, there by the waters of Mar, and there's nothing to drink. They have a defined difficulty. As soon as they get past, think about what they've experienced. As soon as they get past the Red Sea, or as soon as they get to the Red Sea, what happened? This is their journey out of Egypt. This is their journey with the Lord. This is their journey with Jesus. What happened? They get over to the Red Sea, they look behind them, and here's the enemy chasing them. 
I want you to understand that's going to be the case today. That's going to be the case in our lives as we tend to draw close, as we choose to draw close to Jesus, whether that's in salvation or that some of you out there who've been playing games with God and playing games with the gospel get serious about the decision that you made to be a child of God. And today, you're going to start acting like a child of God for the first time in a long time. Friend, make no mistake about it. When you move forward in your journey with Jesus, the first thing that's going to come is the enemy to try to drag you back to where you were. That's exactly what he did with the Israelites. Wanted to take them back to Egypt. We've got an old devil out here, an old adversary in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's going to come and get you. I had a conversation this week with our deacons, Tim Dalton, who surrendered his life to ministry back in the fall. Serving. Left his job. Left the security uh, of everything that the world has to offer. He left that behind to pursue God's call and God's purpose for his life. And I can remember, about a week after he surrendered, I asked him to come by my office, and we sat down and talked to him for about an hour. Here's what I told him. This was back in the fall. I said, Tim, let me tell you what's going to happen to you. I said, whether it be six weeks or six months in between this time, you're going to doubt everything, every part of the decision that you made. You may even doubt your salvation in this time because the enemy's going to come strong. He's going to do everything he can to keep you from moving forward in this, in this quest to fulfill the purpose of God that God has on your life. I said, it won't be a matter of time, but I promise you this, He's coming, and He's going to try to drag you back and drag you out of the ministry. We were talking this week. We were talking about how faithful the Lord is. But you know what He told me on the phone? He said, Brother Steve, you remember when you told me that the... Back in the fall, we had this conversation. Remember when you told me that the enemy was coming, that I would doubt my... My calling, I would doubt even my salvation. He said, been there, done it, son. Woo! But praise God, he persevered to the other side. Here's what I want you to do. The enemy's coming. I'm trying to give you, uh, I'm trying to give you a heads up. He's coming. If you get saved today, I promise, as soon as you dial that number and talk to somebody on the other end, or as soon as you text that number and you wait on somebody to call, the devil is going to plant so much doubt and fear in your life, and you're going to wish, that, that and, and you, you'll start praying for the first time, but it's not praying for salvation, you're praying that somebody won't answer that phone. You'll be praying that somebody doesn't call you back because... You feel like such a fool. This is what the enemy does. But friend, I want you to know, persevere. Press on. I'm giving you a little insight to the enemy's plan and his plot in our lives. He wants to drag you back to Egypt. But God wants to take you to the promised land. We're going to have difficulties. The enemy is going to try to take us back. We're going to experience in it. Uh, Difficulties, defining difficulties for the Lord because of a decision we make to follow the Lord. And listen to me, nobody wants to hear this now. But we're going to experience defining difficulties from the Lord. 
Boy, we don't want to think about the Lord bringing any kind of difficulties in our life. Where do you think the coronavirus came from? Now, I'm not saying that it originated with the, and the Lord sent it, and I'm not saying He didn't. But I promise you this by the authority of the Word of God. If He didn't want it here, it wouldn't be here. He's in charge of the universe, ladies and gentlemen. And he can cure corona. He doesn't need a laboratory and a bunch of scientists. He is a scientist. He's a great physician. Don't tell me he can't cure corona. But he's not. Not yet. So sometimes we're going to receive difficulties for the Lord. And sometimes we're going to receive difficulties from the Lord. That's exactly what the Israelites are doing. Think about this. Who's guiding them? We know that the Lord is guiding them with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And where does He lead them? Right over here to the wilderness. Right over. Hey, a three days journey in. And there He led them exactly where He wanted them to be. And you know where He wanted them to be? A place where there was a defining difficulty. There was nothing to drink. So it's not a matter if problems are going to arise. It's a matter of when. When are difficulties coming? And the question is, why? But that brings me to a second fact. A second fact regarding life's difficulties and really what it teaches us how to get through on the other side. But a second fact regarding life's difficulties is the fact that difficulties arise with aim. Not only do they come, but they come with aim. In other words, they come with purpose. The Lord has a purpose in everything that He does and allows. Look at verse 25. And there He, there God, made for His people a statute and a regulation, and there He tested them. And God said, if you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and you'll do what is right in His sight, and you'll give ear to His commandments and all of His statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on, on you which I put on the Egyptians. Oh, I wonder if that's registering today. Oh, I wonder if God has given us a regulation and a statute today. deal with his people. He said, I, the Lord, am your healer. Friends, as we read this word, there's no other way to define. Not only was this a defined difficulty, a definite difficulty. Not only was it defined, but it was divine. God had sent this difficulty. And listen, I believe He sent the difficulty to get the attention of, 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 the, of His people. He's got a purpose in everything that He does. And I believe God was trying to tell Him what He wanted to do. I believe God was trying to make a deal with His people. But He had to captivate their attention. He had to get their attention. Now God's got many different ways of getting their attention. Maybe God uh, uses unusual circumstances. Maybe even, hey, maybe, maybe even a miracle. Much like He got Moses' attention at the burning bush. Maybe God gets our attention by... Maybe saying no to a prayer or, or leaving a prayer seemingly to us unanswered. Captivating our attention so that He can work in an area of our life. Maybe He uses blessings. We know that He certainly uses other people to come and, and get our attention and communicate to us. 
But friend, I, I implore you today to understand that probably the greatest mechanism and tool that God has in His arsenal to get the attention of His people, to get the attention of the world, is to bring difficulties in our life. It seems when we're flat on our back is the only time that we're willing to look up. I said, it seems that when we're flat on our back, it's the only time that we're willing to look up. That's what's happening now. We have no other place to look. I want you to know that God already said that our help comes from the Lord, but it took us getting flat on our back, being on our knees. He's crippled the entire world. That he could get our attention. That's what he did here. He led the people right smack dab into a defined difficulty in order to get their attention, in order to captivate their ears and their hearing, so that God could make a statute and a regulation. He's trying to make a deal, he's trying to make a promise. He said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I want you to be a land. I want you to be holy because I'm holy. I want you to be set apart from all the other nations of the world. I want you to look different. I want you to live different. I want you to be different. And if you're willing to do and live by the statutes and the commands, if you're willing to live by the Word of God, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm not going to allow any of the diseases that I allowed on Egypt to come on you. Come on. Perhaps maybe we're listening today. Is this a promise of no corona? No. This, is not a prom- this was a promise for the Israelites. But in order for them to hear it, God had to get their attention. They didn't have nothing to drink. They were in a desperate situation. A seemingly hopeless situation. And they had no place to look. It's exactly where we are today. The problem is, or maybe the question is better yet, What's God trying to communicate with us? Hopefully He's got our attention. I pray that He's got your attention today. And you may be watching and you may be the very reason why God has allowed the corona because He's trying to get your attention. But the question is, what's He trying to communicate this morning? And the question is, are we listening this morning? What does God want us to do from this day forward? Perhaps He's been in hot pursuit of you to get saved. He's been trying to... The Holy Spirit of God has been wooing you. But yet every time you've rejected what God is offering in terms of salvation. And listen to me. He's got you in a place... He's he's trying to captivate your attention. The purpose in what He's doing in our our midst right now. And perhaps that purpose is for you to get saved. There may be somebody here watching. God's been in hot pursuit of you. You've been saved for a long time. But God, much like my friend Tim I just talked about. Maybe God's calling you the ministry and he can't get your attention he can't get your foot out of the world you're so scared to death to be obedient to him because you're scared of what you're going to lose friend it's time to think about what we're going to gain when we're in the center of God's will I promise you this 
by the authority of the Word of God and the testimony of my own life. If you'll say yes to God and you'll surrender your life into the ministry, you'll surrender your life into service to Him, you'll never be disappointed. And I promise you, you'll never lack anything. I may have to learn how to eat some vegetables right now, but I promise you this, my family has never been without anything that we've ever needed. But we've always tried to be faithful to the call. Maybe you're here today, and God, you've been a child of God for a long time. But the problem is, Nobody can tell the difference between your life and the rest of the world. You got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And friend, I want you to know, when you continue to do this, there's only one place you're going to, you're going to do the spiritual splits and fall flat on your face. He's been trying to get you up out of the world for so long and He's reached in your life. He's done everything He can. But friend, now I hope He's got your attention. Because today is a day of change. Today is a day of seriousness. Today is the day that we get serious about our salvation. The world is dependent on it. They need the truth. And God is looking for a few good men and women. Every difficulty comes with an aim or a purpose. The third and final, the final fact regarding spiritual difficulties is the fact that difficulties arise not only with aim, but with answers, solutions. Look here. Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And Moses threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. This is what I want you to understand today. As we close our message today, understand that for every difficulty, God has a solution. Every difficulty, God has a solution. Here we find the Israelites were dealing with a difficult situation, but God got their attention. God worked in their life, and then He worked out a solution deal with their difficulty. He's got a divine solution even for the pandemic that we're in. But I believe that that solution is not going to start until we hear what He has to say. I ask you this morning, church, I ask you this morning, are you listening to the Lord? Are we listening to the Lord? What does He want us to do? Friend, lost friend, listen to me. And lost is just a fancy word, terminology that we use for somebody who's never given their life to Jesus. But lost friend, listen to me. What is the Lord speaking right now? He's got our attention. But are we listening? And it's only until we listen that He'll provide the solution. He's got a solution. He's got an answer for every difficulty. But we've got to ask Him. But it starts with seeking Him. Today, 
I don't know what the Lord wants to do with this message. I don't know what He's trying to speak to you today. I do believe that there are many watching today and they've been saved, and here's your opportunity. In just a moment, you're going to see a number come on the screen, and this is what we're going to do. This is our invitation time. This is the time where we respond to what God has already laid on our heart. Friend, if you've never accepted Jesus, here's what's going to happen. As we sing this invitation song, the Holy Spirit of God's already stirring in you where you are. He's got your attention, and now He's telling you what He wants you to do, and He's telling you. And this is what you're feeling in your heart of hearts. God is saying, I want you to be my child. As many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. Today, I want you to get saved. There's going to be a number on the screen, two of them, actually. One of them is a number that I want you to just write it down or you can text it right now where you are. But there's a text number. and You just write the word decision. You can put whatever you want to in there, but just text the number that's on the screen. And that helps us to understand that you, you're ready to make a decision. You say, well, listen, I'm not good at texting. and I didn't need to talk to somebody. Here's another number. It's coming on the screen right now this number that comes on the screen right now you can call that and there's going to be somebody with skin on on the other end of that somebody to talk to a minister they'll help you make whatever decision if you're here today and you've never been saved I pray that you would accept the fact that Jesus died for your sin he was buried and on the third day God raised him from the dead so that you could be saved the Bible says confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Many of you watching today, you've been saved. What's God telling you today? We're in the midst of a reset of our entire society. But what does that mean for your life? A reset and a redo. We're getting ready. We'll come on the other side of this. God's telling you right now what he wants you to do. And then when we'll listen, and we'll move forward in that. He's going to provide a solution, and we're going to be in round two. Guys, we're going to be in round two. Get a do-over in this life. We're going to be in round two. What are you going to do in round two? That decision's made today. Maybe you need to join the church. There's a number on the screen. You can same numbers. Text the word decision. We'll call you. By this afternoon, we're going to call you. Maybe you want to talk to somebody with skin on them right now. Maybe you don't, you don't need a machine. You want to talk to somebody that can talk to you back. The number's on the screen. Maybe you need to sign up for baptism. Hey, maybe you need to surrender to full-time ministry today. I want to talk to you personally today. Text the number. Text if that's you that I'm speaking to today. I'm going to call you personally today, this afternoon. We're going to, I'm going to help you in that surrender factor. Our staff stands ready to help you today. As this song of invitation moves in your heart, pick up your phone now. And let's make a decision for the Lord. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. 
If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.